to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Moore fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Score! Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the Rossi gets loose and Bergeron scores. There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on TheHockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for the 29th episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Jay Miller edition. I'm Mark, and as always, joined by the other half of the Brit and Grit team, Mr. Rob Tomlin. Rob, what's happening, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Very good, very good. Um, good stuff. Yeah, I, we're just gonna we're just gonna go right into it. Um, last week's games, uh, the, the the week started off really good with a um, a four to one beatdown of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, an impressive game. And then on Thursday night, they played the. The New Jersey Devils and they won two to one, but above everything that happened last week, I want, really want to get into the game that happened last night against the Canadians. Um, I was really up for this game, um, excited, pumped up, however you want to call it, but I was thoroughly disappointed again. Your thoughts? Yeah. That. See. Like, i got a couple of thoughts of this game, and I'm going to say it again, even though I know people get annoyed at it. With Tukaras being out, I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, well, you should have manned up and played the game and everything, but do you really want your starter to go down with an injury? If he's, like, if he's saying he's generally sore, and we've seen him when he dropped into Butterfly and his knee was a bit sore... Like, do you want him to have, like, a MCL tear and be out the next four months? Right. I'd rather him miss one game than the next four months. If, so, If any player on this team deserves time off, this is the time to do it now. Yeah. Any player. But, any player up and down the roster, but, if yeah. you're injured, this is the time to rest and get better now and not pay the consequences when you need that player in March and April when you're coming down to, you know, valuable playoff points. And if if Kudobin's playing the same way as he has the first two games he's played, we're going to need Rask for the rest of the season. Because I'm not just blaming it on Kudobin. I I think he's a good goaltender. I think he's just a bit rusty to start the season. And it hasn't really helped with having a young decor around him and some young guys in the forward core. But, I mean, he didn't play too bad. Like last Last night he kept us in it at the beginning. It yeah. just tailed off towards the end of the game. Yeah, and so. I, I've been beating on him pretty bad. I, I will admit that. Um, 
I said it uh, on July 1st. I said this is a terrible signing. It's a terrible idea to bring him back. And and so far, after two games, I know it's only two games. And what, like you said, with a young uh, a young defense, uh, you know, he's 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 0-2, and he's got some terrible numbers. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised by by this at all. I I knew what kind of goaltender he was back then, and I know what kind of goaltender he is now. And and the people that yeah. that say that he's going to take over Rask's job, please, no, please, no. you know, take away your card and don't ever talk to me again, please. Um, because yeah, but I, I've seen, I've just seen a lot of things today, like saying all the goaltenders we could have had, and and I I said that I said that there were better goaltenders out there. There was Al Montoya. Yeah, there, there was, was Carter Hutton in free agency. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But at the same time, I, I saw someone say about, "Oh, we could have had uh, Martin as backup." Uh, Martin Jones, sorry. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> and he was never brought in to be a backup goaltender. No, he's a starter. And, yeah, and you're going to have a tandem of a guy who's seven million and a guy who's five million, and right. you don't have the cap space for that because he wasn't going to take anything less than five million. As much as much as I believe that the Bruins management are just dumb at this point, yeah. it would be dumb to be the Dallas Stars and hang on to two top—they're yeah. not, not top-notch goaltenders, but they carry a very high um, salary cap. That's a dumb idea. Especially yeah. with the Bruins yeah. being a salary cap team every year up against it. You don't want goaltenders. Two goaltenders that are making $10 million. I mean, you, you know, if you add them up, almost $10 million. Yeah. It's, so, just, it's just not right. I mean, there were better guys out in free agency. I think they brought Kudobin in to be kind of the guy who Rask associates with. Like, Did you see the video where, I can't remember what the guy's name is, the goaltending coach. Bob he, he went, yeah, he went in net. Yeah, yeah, went in for practice. Yeah, and yeah, and and Rast turned around and said, "Oh, I thought it was Kubi because he was wearing all of his equipment." Yeah, and <laughs> they get on with each other and they do have a laugh and they are friends and yeah. it kind of it's a good thing to have, but at the same time, Hudobin needs to realise that he's on a two-year deal, and this isn't just like a one-year can. Right, they do it. Can he not? Like we we need him to step up for these two years because I don't see anyone coming through this season as a goaltender. No, from Providence. And, and um, I I'm actually watching the Providence Bruins game right now, and Malcolm Subban is not playing well again. Uh, so yeah. he, uh, you know, and some 900 save percentage in his first games. Yeah. So. I mean, he just we'll, we'll get to him in a little later, but um Yeah. Uh, uh back to the Montreal game last night. It, it's the Bruins are 3 and 2. They got 6 points. I mean, so far so good. I really wish they would have beat these Habs because this is just it's starting to get really ridiculous that that the team after 5 games is always coming from behind. They've never had the lead. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you do about stuff like that? I mean, do you continue to shuffle lines? Because, honestly, I haven't seen major movements at all. Well, to be honest, I'd put if if it was up to me, I'd put Bacchus back on the first line with Marshan and Pasternak. I'd put Bergie on the second line with Krejci on the wing. 
and I'd That's just shuffle it. I'd just shuffle it around because we know that that we know that backers fit in well with that first line, and they got they they did well in what all three games, two games they played. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they did really well. I'd put them back together, see if it keeps going, and then you you've got to like I've I've seen people saying trade Krejci now. I'll trade this person now. I mean, it's five games into the season. Like it's, it seems like a lot of Bruins fans have pressed press the panic button already. And yeah. if you look at the the other coast and how they're doing, you've got teams like the Ducks, Winnipeg, um, Nashville, all have worse records than us, all have better decors than us, all have better forward cores than us. I mean, I think we're doing pretty well for what we've got yeah and and to, to 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 jump on that i mean it is five games i'm not ready to push any panic buttons yet but i'm not overly thrilled about what i've seen i'm not i'm not gonna tell every you know say trade this person and trade that person i think it's a little premature to do that yeah but there are but you're areas, not happy with yeah there are areas that need to be improved and there are areas that it can be criticized so yeah yeah i i, I totally understand that and i'm all for criticism but like yeah. I'm not up for five games into the season seeing people saying and, trade players because yeah, it's not how you build a team. Yeah, right. I mean, I understood it at the end of last season. I understood the frustration. I understood it the season before, and I get the whole. We're Boston's designed to be a playoff team. We're a big hockey market. There's, I'm proof that there's fans all over the. the world that follow them like nothing so i mean i get that we're meant to be in the playoffs and i get that there's a whole mentality of that but at the same time if you're patient and you wait and something comes along at the right time that's when you start turning from just a fringe playoff team into a contender every year because we're not a contender so I mean, that Montreal game was just, you started to see the little bits where they need work. Like, no one picked Gallagher up in the slot on that penalty kill. Oh my god, that was awful. And that was that was ridiculous. And then Colin Miller, who's probably the most offensive defenseman we've got at the moment, was the only guy back on a two-on-one. Mm-hmm. And Bileski had to fill in for the other defender, so... I mean, there's little bits like that where we need to... I think the older guys on D who aren't as quick need to stop jumping up in the play. I think let the younger guys do the workload when it comes to offense. And then the thing is, we were doing really well when we were shooting from the point and getting bodies to the front of the net. And we haven't been doing that for the last few games. We've been trying to rush the puck in. So... I think they need to take a deep breath, look at what worked, look at what didn't work, and start to make a game plan around that. Well, because there's no general, like there's no general way they're playing now. They've played different all game, every game. So you got to come up with something solid and just stick to it. I absolutely agree with that. Um, and and going back onto last night's game, I I just got to bring this up because. Um, it's almost like I'm getting kicked in the nuts every time I see this. But the last eight starts versus the Bruins, Carey Price is 8-0 with a 1.50 goals mm-hmm. against 
and a very impressive 9.4. I mean, point four, not point nine four six. Sorry, numbers are hard. Yeah. Uh, what is? I mean, is it just me or is this guy just step up his level when when he plays Boston? I mean, he feeds right into the rivalry, and and honestly, it's done a freaking fantastic job. I think it's more of a mind game. I think the Habs have the upper hand at the moment and they think they can come in here and just take advantage. Whereas I think the Bruins are getting to that point where they're like, well, we've got to try and find a way to win. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to do too much. They're trying to do too many different things. And uh, you can tell the, the guys that are still on the team from 2011, they're, they're the ones that are kind of trying to take it upon themselves to rush the puck in. And you see guys like Krejci try and hold the puck too long and not make the play right. And I think sometimes you've just got to give it to the kids and let them do what they do. Because guys like Danton Heinen, they look really threatening when they're in the zone. And they can they can just pick a pass like it's nothing. So I'd rather go with these skilled guys and like just let them do work down low. But I don't think they're trusted enough yet. I think the veterans on the team don't trust them with the puck as much as they should do. Yeah, and and, and back on uh, the Carey Price thing, the the, um, the the in my opinion, the only way you get to beat him is what you what Ryan Spooner did, is you get down low and you, yeah. he served that pass right across in front of the crease and get him moving side to side. That's the only way I see beating him, or you know they should do that more often with a lot of goaltenders. Instead of just shooting him, right at him. Yeah. Him and Braden Holtby are the best two goalies in the league when it comes to positional play. I have to absolutely and, agree with that. And the only way to beat them is to get them moving. Yep. Like, you'll see guys change up how they do a breakaway against them two guys. Like, they'll, they'll come in at a large sweep and kind of go in from the side and get them to move side to side instead of going straight on. So, I think with those guys, you you just got to keep the lateral movement going. Even if you make the pass and pass it back, like get him moving side to side as much as possible because you, sometimes you come up against them goaltenders and it just seems like no matter how much you shoot at him, he's always in position. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what frust- like frustrates the Bruins so much because there were, there were a lot of good shots last night as well. It wasn't like we had most of our shots were like to the pads or anything and it was there were some good shots I know Marshan missed that pretty much empty now <laughs> but I mean I, I think it's just because it's such a big game and because it's such a rivalry and they build themselves up it's it's going to happen for one team one team's going to have the worst of it and one team's going to have the best of it and it's we've just got to get a couple of wins and change that around yeah, um, yeah. Talking about players that need to step it up. Uh, how about uh, Matt Bolesky and Jimmy Hayes? Uh, that's disappointing. I mean, it's like you, you know, I said earlier. It's five games. I just think these guys have been around a while. That they they're used to what's going on, and you know, have a better start. That third line is is just uh, embarrassing. Yeah. Well. If I were the Bruins, I'd drop Jimmy Hayes to the fourth line like they did last season where it walked him up a bit. 
drop into the fourth line, bring up a guy like Noel Achari and just have Bacchus, Achari and Boleski hit everything inside. Mm-hmm. Because I think Achari will wake up that line with a bit more speed on it. Boleski needs people at the net, which Bacchus brings anyway, but I, I, they haven't really played together, so it's going to take some time to gain chemistry, but at the same time, I don't think that Boleski and Hayes fit well on the line together. They might be best of friends, but it just obviously doesn't transition. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Next week's games, uh, or this week's games, uh, there's going to be a um, back-to-back uh, game on Tuesday against Minnesota at the TD Garden, and then Wednesday at the Rangers. And the next game after that is Saturday in Detroit. Um, a bit of a tough stretch right there. I mean, Minnesota is uh, not not an easy team to beat. Uh, the Rangers are fast always team. yeah, very fast. And uh, new coach Bush Boudreau has uh, really got them um, moving fast. Uh, the Rangers game is always one they get up for. Original six, everybody knows the hype for that. And also the Detroit game on Saturday is another original six game. But um, these are, I mean, like we've always said, uh, you know, points in October uh, are as important as points in March and April. So. Yeah, and you got VZ playing against the Bruins for the first time. Oh my God, have you seen him lately? Yeah, last that, night. That last, guy's good. But... Yeah, last night just crashing the net and just made the goalie look ridiculous. At the same time, like I know I'm gonna hear the coulda, woulda, shoulda. We should have got him here, but it wasn't gonna happen. So I, I don't mind that he went to a different team. I don't really care. Yeah, but I'm kind of over that myself. Yeah, it would have been a good addition, but at the same time, you would have seen guys suffer from that from not playing. So yeah, yeah, and guys down, guys down in Providence that, that I would think would deserve that spot, you know, would oh, be yeah. taken away. But but I mean, we get into that point where we got three tough games, all like two of them back to back. You got you're probably going to have Henrik Lundqvist in net for the Rangers, and. You've got that decision against the Wild. Do you start Hudon against the Wild? Do you let Ras play two games in a row? No, no, no. I mean, I would actually exactly. I, I would actually give the Minnesota game on Tuesday night to Hudon. Uh, he's got fam- familiarity with Minnesota. That's the team that drafted him. So you might get him to step up a little bit because of that game, but definitely Rask and uh, uh, uh showdown. In, uh, in New York would be my, my my thought. Yeah. And another thing is Tuca has been just insane to start this season. Yeah, it's been good. But people don't see uh, that. I mean, people don't <laughs> see that. They see... They see... That, that first goal of the season again. Oh, yeah. The glove. Over the glove hand. Yeah. I am not joking. <laughs> that was... Uh, Twitter blew up. Up, Facebook blew up. It was a whole, oh my god, this is what we're going to see for the rest of the season. And then he's just pulled out some absolutely unreal saves. So, I mean, he's playing good. Looks like he's probably going to get another like thirty win season for like the fourth year in a row, I think. 
So, I mean, I, I'm just looking forward to this next stretch because once you get past 10 games and everyone's kind of getting into it and they're ready to go, it starts to heat up a bit. But yeah. there's guys like Dominic Moore's stepped up at the beginning of the season. I'm eating my words um, on that guy. I was not happy yeah, with the signing. Yeah, I don't signing. think anyone was expecting that. And I, I did not. I mean, I don't like the comparison of, of him and Chris Kelly. I think he's a much better version of Chris Kelly. Oh, yeah. um, he's, he's definitely... That shot, though, last night. Yeah. Whew. Right? That straight to the tape, looked up, top corner. I mean, oh, that was a thing of beauty. But that guy's got some hands as well for an old guy. Yes, he like, does. Yes, he does. He's... he's pulling out some like he's a guy that I'm glad we got because like I've said in the past he can play third line center if someone goes down uninjured mm -hmm. so it's good to have him and then you Riley Nash has been really good he's been good along the boards good getting the puck out him and Moore look like they have good chemistry with each other um, Lyles still playing good I mean everyone's playing well Guys like Carlo are still surprising me. I'm surprised he hasn't tired himself out a bit playing first line minutes. Um, um, oh, Brandon Carlo? Yeah. Uh, let me just throw you some stats right here. In in five games, he's got a goal and an assist, two points. He's a plus seven, which is uh, third. He's tied for – no, I'm sorry. He's third. Sorry, numbers are hard again. He is second with a plus seven. Pasternak and Malshan oh are plus nines. So, I mean, I, I know people don't always like the plus minus, but it is a good stat. I mean, it just shows that somebody's playing well, you know, Yeah. when they're out there. He's taking it seriously about his shutdown role as well because, I mean, we've seen him jump up into the play, but he's always ready to backskate. Like, yeah. like as soon as that puck hits his tape, the shots he either released or he plays it in deep and he's ready to go back and it kind of reminds me of how Johnny Boychuk used to play like when he first played for the Bruins and he was he'd get the get the puck on his stick he'd look up if there's not a lane to the net down the boards make it safe like it's a safe play you don't want to give up the puck on the blue line and have a breakaway so right. but we got him, Miller, I mean, Agara's been playing all right. Uh, Krug's been playing okay. But, I mean, it's just, it's hard at the beginning of the season. It's hard to judge how a guy's going to go down the stretch. Well, Is Carlo going to go cold? Is he not? Well, I'll tell you, I've, I've been watching his um, his minutes, and they have yeah. they have gone up. And, I yeah. mean, he's, he's at a 21, almost 22-minute a game player right now which which tells me he's got uh julian and staff have a lot of faith in this kid so but then and that's it, julian trusting a kid right i know i know it's 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 mind-boggling but also what i've noticed in the in in these in the five games is chara's numbers are going up in the first couple of games he was a about a 20 21 average yeah he's climbing up to 23 which is back to he was the past two years when he's almost 25 minutes and not skating very well. Yeah, but don't forget we've had a lot of penalty kills. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, that, that'll iron out as the season goes along. Guys get more discipline on the 
yeah. mean, we've had a lot of bad penalties this year. Oh, yeah. So, and that's something that's, it is hurting us, but at the same time, I think guys like Carlo are getting a bit more confidence when they get that penalty killed up. And he's doing a really good job of it. So, I mean, I don't mind some penalties when it's when it's needed, when you're trying to like fork the puck out from the boards and you try and dig it out and you trip a guy up. And there's nothing you can do about that. But I mean, like the things like Marshan with the roughing penalties and stuff like that, that that just needs to be ironed out as the season goes along. Really. Speaking of Marshan, oh. he's on. Uh, I'm really liking his game. Um, yeah, he's got nine points in five games. Uh, last night held just, held pointless for his first game of the season. Yeah. Point so, streak gone. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure. But he'll get another if he one. keeps going all like after the first game, someone put up a stat and it was like, uh, if Marshan keeps getting four point nights, <laughs> he'll end up with something like five hundred points for the season. <laughs> And I was like, there's no way. But, I mean, he he looks like he wants to carry the Bruins. Like, he wants to be that guy that can be trusted in all situations. And he wants to be the guy who kind of takes a bit of the glory when it comes to, like, winning a game. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, I mean, they need to give him the air back, really, I think. Because he's the guy who shows the most heart on the ice. That's, him and Bergeron. That's true. So... But I, I get why they I get why they split it up and I get why they give it to Krejci because when when you see like two alternates on a line and it kind of they're only talking to each other during the game, it's better to split it up. So there's a guy on the bench and a guy on the ice. that still, I get that. But I mean, like I said, I I just think they should put backers back on that first first line, put Krejci and Bergeron together. They played with each other. For so long, they'll know each other inside and out. So, hey, you know what I found interesting about the. Um, I'm sorry to go back to the Montreal game, but before sorry. that game, um, there was an emergency call up. Uh, Zane McIntyre was the backup uh, last night to Hudobin, and not I, Malcolm, right? And I found that very interesting. Uh, and, and people can continue to tell me. Um, that Subban is, is the highest prospect. Um, I don't believe that anymore, especially after last night when he wasn't the call up. Yeah, and, and I think I, I'm not uh, sure. I'm not sure if it's about if he's hot or cold down in the AHL. But I would have thought that you know, kind of the priority system, the you know, the seniority kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised that. He was not called up, and he is um, not having a good start to his year. Uh, the Providence Bruins lost just a little while ago, four to three in overtime, and uh, the Devils outshot the uh, Baby Bees forty-five to thirty-four. So he shot. He saw a lot of rubber today, but still took yeah. the loss. So now he is zero four. And before today's game, when I t- took my notes, he was a 4.89 goals against and an 8.18 save percentage. That is uh, not good. That, yeah, that, that is, is a player that is struggling. I mean, if you have like a 9.18 save percentage, that's average 
at best. I mean, eight one. Oh my god. Yeah. But that Zane McIntyre has played in one game, and he's got one win, and he's a point a zero point four four goals against and at point nine seven seven save percentage. Yep. Uh, he filled in for well. He got brought in last game for the baby bees, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and he didn't let a goal in. So, I mean, apparently he's doing really good. I haven't m- managed to watch any of his games for Providence. I've been watching. But apparently he's doing well. Yeah, he's so. he's he's been playing well. It's just a, it's a very very big surprise because of his year last year. I mean, he did okay. I didn't see anything that kind of blew me away, but it just seems like this year he's taking it to the next level. And I also believe that that's probably because it's going to be a contract year because he's RFA. Both of them, Subban and McIntyre, are both RFAs in July. So one of them's going to go because Vladar is knocking on the door down in the East Coast Hockey League. Yeah. And he um, got, he got he, into his he's first gotta action. Be the- He's got to be the highest prospect now. I believe goal. so. I believe he is right now, even at the in the East Coast League. Yeah, I believe uh, that they have big plans for him, and they, I don't know if if I don't. I, I really don't know what they're going to do with Subban. Even though he has RFA rights, I yeah. either he's moved, traded, not resigned, plays the free agent market. I, I I think it's time for him to move on. I think I think his best opportunity would be to play with a team other than the Bruins. Yeah, I do as well. And I, I, it's like the whole Griffith thing getting claimed on waivers. Like, I think Griffith will probably be good, good for the Leafs because it's a change of scenery. It's not the same staff. It's not the same like stuff over and over again where you're being recalled for emergencies and sent back down and blah blah blah. I think Subban needs to go somewhere where they're going to say to him, right, you're going to play, whether you're good or not. But he needs to go to, like, a bottom feeder team mm-hmm. who are going to be down the bottom of the table and don't mind losing some games at the end of the year. Especially someone looking for a lottery pick. I mean, say you get to the trade deadline and there's a team close to the bottom and they want to lose some games and get lower and lower in the rankings. Trade someone like Subban to them. Get a good prospect in return. I I'd happily do a one for one prospect deal with him. Sure. And just like you you don't need another goaltender because you got Vladar. So, I mean, you could take their backup goal goaltender for the AHL just to fill the ranks and let Zane McIntyre start in the AHL, and then you just ask for well whatever you need. If you need a right winger get a right wing if you need a defense win get a defense win mm-hmm. but i think the thing is we're, we're pretty full on prospects yeah it, with the bruins it now it, it's a weird situation to be in because for the longest time we haven't had that many prospects that have been high named and highly touted prospects and now we've got handfuls of them so but in kind of weird. in my opinion, if when I look at the roster, I, I just I see a hole, and I believe it's in the goaltending. Like I believe, I this year they should pick. They should definitely pick a goaltender. And I'm not saying do the do the Malcolm Subban pick first first round nonsense. Yeah. No, let's not do that. But 
get another guy into the pool, like like what Zane McIntyre did. They picked him, and he still had three, two or three years remaining in in the NCAA. So that gives him gives him more time to develop with 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 players his age, but also be Bruins' property for when they're actually going to need you. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Yeah. And so, look at look at Dan Vladar. He was a low-round pick. He was a third-round third pick, and he was oh, the yeah. second-best um, goaltending prospect Europe in Europe. Yeah. So, I mean, they take, the gamble's working out so far. I mean, he didn't yeah. have a great game last night um, against uh, to the Tulsa Oilers. Uh, it went into a shootout, and it is what it is. That's, that's growing pains for him. But his first yeah. game, I did watch. I watched them play. Um, I don't remember who the team was, but um, he played 55 minutes of shutout hockey. And yeah. the, the Gladiators, the East Coast Hockey League Gladiators, just didn't have enough to get that extra five minutes. He gave up some two two questionable goals. I can't blame him on that. I just think they were very tired. But yeah. uh, got the win, and I, I was impressed. You know, a 31-save effort. Well, he, I think we're going to see him in Providence definitely next year. Oh, yeah. Because I don't think they'll pick anyone who's ready to go in the draft. So, I mean, you're going to see him in Providence. And I think I think they'll mold him into a good positional goaltender because we seem to get a lot of... Like with Hudobin, he's quite an athletic goaltender and he, he likes to butterfly slide around. And I mean, the league's going a very different way with goaltending. I mean, you got a... A lot of the kids who are coming up are very positional and quite big. So yep. it'll be good to have a guy like Vladar who could possibly be the next big backup for us. I, I'm i not going to say now about him fighting for a starting job, but, I mean, you don't it's know what's going to happen later on. Yeah, yeah it's too it's way too early. But that's, that's what people did with Subban as soon as he was picked, so... Yeah, and I mean, even even people I talked to today about about what's been going on with him, they they say they 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 should bring him up and start him over Hudobin. I mean, that's just nonsense. You yeah. know, I I I like Hudobin because he's got NHL experience. Yeah. I just don't see an AHL goaltender, especially after his first game uh, two years ago against St. Louis, he just got lit oh, up. God. You know, and, yeah. That's, he's not NHL ready to me. If you're not and NHL it, ready, you don't have a right to be in the NHL. Yeah, and it hurts your confidence. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That first round tag that gets put on players, and they get they get brought up early because they got the whole first round thing going with them, and it just kills them. Like how many? Like look at a guy like Joe Colburn. Oh. Like he got brought up way too early, and I mean he's doing a lot better now but like that must have killed his confidence being brought up and buried on a fourth line and you got guys like Caron who again brought up too early buried on a fourth line Zach Hamill yeah exactly <laughs> just the list goes on and that's just oh, for yeah. the Bruins I mean yep just think about all the other players around the league where they've got like 
Magnus Piave for um, Edmonton. Got brought up, couldn't do his game, got sent back down. I mean, he's gone to play, I think he's playing in like Norway or something now. But, I mean, you're going to start running kids out of the league by bringing them up too early, I think. Yep. And I think we'll see a lot of talent go overseas. And that's not what the NHL want. So, I mean, we've just got to keep going. Like I've said, just keep drafting positionally and getting the best available players when you need to. I think we'll turn into a good team. It's just don't rush it. Don't sell the farm for something that you don't know is going to work. Agreed. Speaking of farm, you are the king of segues, I'm telling you. Yep. We're going to talk about some Providence Bruins. We'll do this now, and we'll chat about something later, but... Um, yeah, like I said, with with the whole Subban thing, the Providence Bruins are not doing well. They are in last place in the Atlantic Division and 13th in the Eastern Conference. Um, before today's game, the, the 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 leading point guess who was the leading point getter? Matt Bartowski with three points, a goal and two yeah. assists. Peter Mueller was second with two points, one one and two. But everything's changed today since the game with the Albany Devils. Now yep. Austin Zarnick is tied for first with three points. Uh, he's got he's played in two games. He's got a goal and two assists. And Peter Kalharik, I think I I, I I think I say that name right. Uh, he's yep. in two games and he's got a goal and an assist, and he's been playing very well. Um, players like Jake DeBrusque, after five games, only got one assist. Yeah, who else? Really, nothing much going on down there because this they're, they're struggling. Yeah, Debrusque is. I mean, Debrusque was playing with Mueller on the first line, was he not? Yes. At the beginning of the season, and now he's playing with uh, Zarnik. So I mean, you got a bit of a switch up of lines with Zarnik going back down and everything, and I mean, it's going to affect how people play and. I mean, if you got if you got a big guy as your centerman and he can go in and play the body, and then all of a sudden you've got this like five foot eight guy who can't play the body and is more of a skill forward, it's going to be a difference. So I'm not worried. I think exactly the same as the Bruins. They'll they'll find the legs. They'll find the right lines. They'll find the right play. I mean, if it doesn't, then start giving the kids more time. Like yep. if it doesn't, just start boosting time for your young D men and your young forwards. Start playing them up at the top and giving them penalty kill time, power play time. That's the best way to make them learn. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to lose anyway, you might as well lose by giving them the time to make the mistakes now. Yeah, and so. and it's it it is early for them to, but. <laughs> This is kind of the way last year. This is the kind of the, the start they had last year. Um, yeah. And they went a terrible, like, 12 and something to end the 2016 calendar year. And, but then they turned it around in the start of 2016. Sorry. Numbers are hard again. Uh, last year, the second half was much better than the first. Yeah. But you, you can't go year to year like that. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I understand that the uh, Providence Bruins are not built for a Calder Cup every year. 
They are built to uh, necessitate the the NHL Bruins in their quest of winning a Stanley Cup every yeah. year. If you know, air quotes on but that one. At the same time, like you're gonna have. I'm guessing a guy like Danton Heinen is going to be the guy who goes down when Frank Petrano comes back. Mm-hmm. And uh, from my my estimation, uh, Danton Heinen has sat the last two games. Yeah. So, I mean, he's gonna he's probably going to get sent down when Frankie V comes back. Then you're going to have another guy sitting, and then, I mean, I think Heinen will add a lot to that Providence team. Oh sure. I really yeah, I think he'll he'll just start boosting numbers up whatever line he's put on. So I mean there's always additions that can be made and there's always guys that can be brought in and like I've been saying if it looks like someone's going to get traded soon because you're going to have Adam McQuaid and Kevin Miller coming back. So McQuaid McQuaid closer than Miller. Yeah, but I mean as soon as Kevin Miller comes back, someone needs to be sent down. So that's probably Heinen. And then, because Heinen won't have to clear waivers. Right, he's on entry level. Yeah, so, but then as soon as Frankie V comes back and someone needs to be sent down, you've got no one who's going to clear waivers. Someone's going to be picked up. I mean, I, I don't get who you'd send down and risk losing them. I believe off this team. It just just by off the top of my head, if they needed a roster position and not 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 a player position, yeah. Algara might be that guy. Yeah, but with his age, does he not? I think he'd be waiver eligible. Oh, he's on ELC. Ah, uh, yeah, because he only signed right this after year. right after college. Yeah, so that's my bad. That's why right. he signed last year. No, nope. because uh, didn't he play last few games at Providence? Yeah, well, that but, was, but that was that after that was yeah. after his uh, Yale commitment. Yeah, yeah, my bad. But uh, yeah, so I mean that'll even add to how Providence play if a guy like Ogara goes down, because that guy could play first line minutes for Providence mm-hmm. from what from what he's been playing like with the Bruins. So, but I'd still love to see him trade one of Miller and McQuaid. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I'd love to see him just just get like a, like I've been saying, just get some prospect that's not working out in a different team. Like, we've we seen it happen last season. I mean, uh, who's the guy from Columbus? Uh, Kirby Reichel. Yep. He he went to Toronto for nothing. For like I think they gave up two low round picks for him. Yeah. And yeah. he was a first round pick. So, I mean, there's guys like that around the league where you could give a guy like uh, a a guy like McQuaid, you could give him over to a team and say, "Right, that guy's not working out for you. We'll take him." And just take a chance on it. But it's one of them things I, I I can see them making a trade, but at the same time, I don't think they will, because that's what Boston does. So yeah, sit back and wait, be patient. Yeah, you can see the logic behind it, but then when you remember who's in charge, you kind of go, ah, yeah, 
they're not gonna do that right so i i don't but, i don't i honestly don't give a crap what people say i i, I will not i will, can't continue to believe in this management and what they do they yes he's done some positive things but he's also done some pretty dumb things and i'm not you know i don't care if it's been five games and i'll judge what i see in those five games and i will give my opinion about it but yeah but i mean i, I i'd rather see them get rid of Neely and see what happens with him out instead of getting rid of Sweeney, keeping Neely and getting another guy to GM. Because mm-hmm. I think I think Sweeney's got to... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm getting lost now. Uh, I think Neely is probably one of the problems behind all this. Because he must be roadblocking things. Yeah. So... And that's what it does. It seems like that. It almost seems like Don goes up to him and says, "What do you think about this deal?" And it's like, "Oh no, 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 no! Yeah, can't don't do, do that. that. Don't do that." But I mean, we're we're stuck in that mentality of the big bad Bruins, oh. and they're still bringing in guys that want to hit and everything. Right. And you can see it with Sweeney the way that he's done things because he's brought in the way he's drafted. He's brought in smaller skilled guys. So he he must be looking to go that direction in the future. So why why aren't we playing these smaller skilled guys like Griffith? Right. So but just someone's got to be talent. roadblocking something. Yep. Yeah. Sprinkle the talent it, around the league. Yeah, it's just so bad that it's all behind closed doors and we never get to see it. I know. Like in, they're still talking about the Sagan deal now, <laughs> and like what went on behind closed doors. Right. So I'm so sick of hearing it's, that. Oh, too. it's just a horrible feeling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that's all I ever hear. I know. So it, it's. Oh, I always think. Oh, I must. It, it's really tough being a Bruins fan, and then I remember that the Leafs and Oilers are out there, so it makes me happy. So, well, it could be a lot worse than the position we're in. <laughs> right. Yeah. Speaking of upcoming talent, um, some uh, I got to do my weekly prospect report from the guys that are yep. in the uh, Canadian Juniors. Um, in the OHL, Zach Sinishin, he's played in seven games, and he's scored uh, four goals and one assist for five points. Um, I've watched a couple of his games. Uh, I, I watched the game that he got the hat trick in. That was awesome. And then just kind of tail tail back to his first four games that he just didn't do much. Um, uh, It's still early for him. I still believe he can score 50, you know, with the time and the depth on that team. Um, And the the goaltending that they have is, is, uh, I like that Raymaker guy. He's very, very good. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Um, well, we don't, like I've been saying as well, we don't know what they're being told coming out of camp, like right. what, what they're trying to work on. Because you saw Zaboro go into a defensive defenseman last year. Yep. So, yep. yeah. And I got news on but, him too. Uh, yeah, good. Now jumping over to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Uh, Jeremy Lawson has played in two games. He's got a goal, two assists, three points, 
and he is out indefinitely with the concussion. Um, Jakob Sporl has played six games since being returned from the Bruins training camp. He's got two goals, three assists, five points, and he's missed the last three games. I'm going to say with an undisclosed injury, I cannot find any news about him, but um, that is what happens on our podcast because as soon as our podcast is over, we'll find out what's the matter with him. I mean, that's basically how I found oh, yeah. out about Jeremy Laws, and we, we said, we don't know, we're going to look into it, and then an hour later, bam, it comes out that he's got a concussion. So Every week. Every week. <laughs> but uh, a po- some positive news, uh, Jesse Gabriel continues to impress me. Uh, he's been in eight games, played for the um, Prince George Cougars. A, he's got six goals, six assists, 12 points, and he's currently on a four-game point streak. And in those four games, he's got three goals, four assists, seven points. And he's been playing very well. So, Just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. Yep. And I you mean... Know, he's he's going to be signed. He's got. I, I believe by November, he's going to be signed to a three-year ELC. And continue yeah. to play, continue to play in the WHL for the remaining of the rest of the year, and then be ready for Providence in the uh, 17-18 season. Yeah, and I, I hope to God they stick him down in Providence next season and don't don't bring him straight to the NHL. It's yeah. ruining players. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Look at Heinen, he's gone cold as anything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's preseason. I understand it's preseason, but he was he was a hot player during those seven games yeah. that he or whatever games he appeared in. So, um, yeah, I, I, I I'm a I'm a firm believer of developing properly, and I believe, you know, I, I mean, even though Carlo is doing well, yeah, he's you know, I always believe that a full season in the AHL would benefit him and the team greatly, but. You know, that's those are their plans, and their you know that's their circus and their monkeys. So, yeah, there's some players that do it well, like Pasternak, just came straight to the Bruins and yep. just hit the ground running. So, Especially I mean, some players year. can do it, some can't. Yeah. This year, I'm so I've surprised worked. in him. So surprised. I, I I didn't expect the start, but after seeing... I didn't expect him to put like that much muscle on and actually be a out there because yeah. he's holding guys off that are double the size of him. Yeah, did you, did you happen to see the uh, breakdown that Brickley had of him? I believe it was Brickley or uh, was it um, Barry Peterson, something like that. But how his how they it's how his feet are positioned. Last year and the year before he was his feet were always closer in the boards which means that you know you if you take a hit to the midsection from behind, you're going to get knocked all over the place. This year, yep. it seems like he has a wider stance, and he's like almost got that Jagger ass that he, you know when he sees something yeah. coming, he turns and pivots and kind of blocks yeah. the play. And I, I mean, that's that's impressive to me. So, well, he he must have been working on his skating a lot during the off season. Oh, I believe so. So that's a good thing. But I mean, he had a lot of time. With that broken foot, didn't he? So yeah. Oh yeah. He must have been learning stuff off ice and everything. So that's good to know. Yeah, he's a he's a but, player. Um, that, he's yeah. a player I'd like to see sign long term. I mean, yeah. Even if it's a 
start off with a bridge, see where we go from there, and then and then after two or three years, you know, and then sign them for a seven, eight year, whatever, you know. See, I wouldn't do that. I think I'd go for like five or six straight off the bat. You, keep uh, him in Boston. That's not bad. Five years isn't bad. Yeah, don't. I would. I wouldn't give him like a seven-year deal straight off. Like, I wouldn't sign him maximum term, big money. And just, just say to him like, you're part of the future. You're obviously like one of the forwards we trust. Mm-hmm. Give him a five or six-year deal. Let him earn his money, and then, and then he'll be in his prime when it comes to signing. So, I mean, the good thing is a lot of players seem to love Boston. And they seem to love the area every time they come. And we've heard it from pretty much every player who ever signs out free agency. Right. But, like, I mean, look at guys like Thornton and everyone. They still come back to Boston. And still, like, Andrew Ferrant still comes back. Right. So, I mean, people love the city as soon as they get here, so... They they've just got to keep doing the same, make, making people fall in love with Boston and keeping them there. That's the main thing. It's a great city, great sports town. Love it. You got to get to Boston. I know. Um, I'm slowly but surely building that longboat raft. I'll be <laughs> pad- yeah, I'll be paddling my way across the ocean. Oh man, I have to send you some wood. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll have to like pull up in Boston Harbor and start throwing boxes of tea, tea. bags yeah. over the side. Nice. <laughs> I'm one of you guys now, right? <laughs> that would give you citizenship right there. I'd have your paperwork and just sign. <laughs> yeah, straight off, no test. That's funny. Come on in. Well, I we we got a couple minutes left. Um, I recently looked into the iTunes. Um, we are on iTunes, Apple iTunes. You can just search up, search for us. We're also on SoundCloud, and you can also, as you as you've probably heard many times, the uh, we are on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel. Um, but last week, I just happened to look and see if we got any ratings, and we finally got one. We got one on October 5th. Yeah. And it was from B's fan. And oh. Yeah, and he gave us a five-star rating. Oh. It says, love this podcast and look forward to it weekly. A great source for B's news and analysts. Love listening from Alabama. See, that... Oh, Is it, see, we've only gotten one, but you know what? That's, that's, that's impressive. That's I like the that. best one so far. Yeah. The best one so far. So well, what, we ask, one, but... what we ask is, is, is we, we know you're out there. We know you, you support the show. Please do us a favor and give us a, um, give us a rating on the stars and then you know, write something about us because what it does is it increases our popularity on iTunes and moves, up, moves us up into a certain level so they can get an average of, of how many listens we get per week and blah, blah, blah. We can't see that information until we have a certain average or a certain criteria that Apple you know, has. So please go and comment, rate us, tell us what we're doing right, tell us that you love us, anything. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Yeah. Tell us what you want to hear. So uh, that's the, I think that's the best part of it. Like, 
I like when people criticize and say, like, this is what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. This is what I think will, like, get you more people to listen. Yeah. I think we should start doing this at the beginning because I think people have got sick of our voices by the end. All right. And then, <laughs> we're going to do it at the beginning next week. We will do that. I will make a note. Yeah. And I will write it on my hand. And we will do that. Well, we'll stop mentioning that uh, to follow and rate in the beginning yeah. of the show. So, Because people will have just got annoyed with my English accent by the end. And they'll, they'll have fallen asleep with my beautiful radio voice and that'll be it <laughs> but then and then again when i was looking on the soundcloud app the, i mean the soundcloud.com program that we use um after this is our 29th show so uh, after 28 shows we've received over uh 4500 listeners so many thanks again to Holy all you guys smokes. you know it, every week we're getting 300 almost 400 listens so it's been a huge pleasure and, and an absolute freaking um overwhelming feeling from everybody we've gotten a lot of support so i want to continue it we want to continue to bring a high quality product to you every week and the only time we can, the only reason we can do that is with your support and your feedback so and this is only the second week of the season as well right so we've got so many more have... weeks <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm not looking forward to another off-season of this. Oh. It's so hard to find stuff to talk about. Yeah. But finally, we're at the point where we're talking about hockey on the ice. Yep, absolutely. Well, but uh, anyway, you can follow follow me at blackandgold277 on Twitter. You can follow Rob at Rob40Bruins. And... Um, Obviously, you can leave us an email too if you don't want to do any of the, the uh, the rating and thing on on iTunes, and our email address is black the letter n gold hockey blog at gmail dot com. All right, my yeah. friend. Another week done. Another week done. Seems like a, this was a twelve minute show instead of the original ten. Yeah, it was a bit bit longer than normal. Yeah, oh well. So. <laughs> It's oh, all good. We love it. Yeah, it was that loss to the Montreal. That, that's <laughs> what it was. Yeah, it's kind of dragging it down. Well, we'll be back next week, and we'll have three more wins in the bag. Oh, the projectinator. Uh, and we're going to score five past Lundqvist. Oh, I'm calling it now. I like it. Oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. I've right. just jinxed the birds. <laughs> that was bad. All right. Guys, thank you very much for listening. We will see you next week. Rob, thanks you again. Thanks again for joining me. As always, you're the best. No worries, buddy. All thanks right, for having me. Talk to you later. Go bees. Go bees. Thanks for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material. Yeah.